Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here, and welcome back to the Vibe Show. Really cool announcement today. Um, we're saying goodbye to Sue, who has been my my podcast producer for the last few years. And we're saying hello to Trevor, who is going to be putting this together. And I think we have new equipment and he's got a way fancier setup. And I think you're going to love the sound from here on out. So that's a big announcement. I think that you're going to like how this show sounds from this day forward. We're very excited about it. Also, John and I are I think moving to Florida, unless there's like fuel shortages or some crazy thing that gets in our way. Um, we're going to be in Florida. We're going to be living there uh, on the water. Uh, we're under contract to buy a condo there. And so those are my two big announcements. And today we're talking about something I think is really important to a lot of people. I've had lots of people reaching out to me to say, okay, things are so crazy in my state. I don't have any experience with you know, activism, political activism, but I feel like I need to help save my children's future. So today's topic is how to organize against the tyranny in your state. Now, if you told me eight months ago that this is the kind of content I'd be covering on the Vibe Show, I would not have believed you. I would have thought you were crazy. I probably would have called you a conspiracy theorist. But here we are. And if you're still listening to the Vibe Show, you know that it was basically hijacked in March by a lot of content that would have been unimaginable to me before March 1st of this year. But I I sat down and I made notes uh, for this episode to kind of review for you what I've learned along the way as here in Utah, I'm probably, if not the main organizer in the entire state, I'm probably one of two. Um, Got to give some props to my, my friend, Eric Mutsos. He's four hours from here in St. George, but he's been an incredible community organizer as well. Um, and then lots of people have have jumped in and helped us, and there are lots of groups that are forming, and we have a lot of momentum here in Utah. I will share with you later why we're going to Florida. And those of you who live in Utah who are begging me not to leave because you think I'm going to abandon the fight, please know that Utah is my home. I own properties here. All five of my children are here, my four, my four natural-born children and, and our adopted son. And uh, we're, we're not selling our home, and we love Utah. And there's not anything that I've been doing that I cannot do from Florida except run events. And guess what? We're not going to be having these marches and protests, these events, anyway during the winter. So please know I'm not abandoning you. So I'll be telling you in a in a little while why we're leaving Utah, why I am extremely unhappy with our governor and the way our state is run, how my community is run. And I'm going to tell you why I think that the governor of Florida is a complete, total badass and why we're headed to Florida. It's not just that we think the governor is great. We also, frankly, don't want to be here in Park City under 10 feet of snow if we're going to lose power and electricity. And by the way, I don't know that we're going to lose power and electricity, but there are an awful lot of analysts who are paying very close attention to what's going on who think that that is entirely possible. So for those of you Utahns who follow me, I know more Utahns follow me than any anybody else. Listen, if I still live down in Orem, if I lived in the Salt Lake area, I wouldn't be nearly as nervous as up here in Park City. If you don't live here, you don't know just how cold it is. It's literally 9, 10 degrees colder 
than down in the valleys. And we get, I don't know how much more snow, but a lot more snow. It's been, frankly, it's been shocking to me the last two years since I moved up here. But so I'll tell you a little bit about why I think Florida is right now the best of the 50 states, even better than South Dakota. Okay. Love Christy Nome, the, the governor there. She never shut the place down. Um, however, she's very pro-mandatory vaccine. And I'm about to reach out to Bobby Kennedy and say, hey, would you please get on the phone with Christy Nome of South Dakota um, and educate her? Let's let's talk about uh, community building. I, lo- I love Florida and I'll get to that later. But the, the main thing I want to tell you, if you are paying attention to what's going on, your alarm is growing. Maybe you live in one of these socialist states like the entire West Coast, all the states on the West Coast, all three of them are under complete and total socialism. Frankly, we are here in Utah too. And I'll tell you the specifics of what, I'll tell you what socialism is and I'll tell you why Utah is completely under a socialist government now. And the really scary thing about socialism is that it's usually, not always, but usually it's a way station on the way to communism. In communism, like you literally lose your right to own private property. And I don't think that most of the people that I've been interacting with, I've been educating people about what socialism is, what what communism is. I don't think they know what it is. I went down on Saturday and confronted our soon-to-be governor because I had an opportunity to do it and just jumped in the car and ran down there. And John filmed me confronting our new governor, who's currently our lieutenant governor. And I told him that his Utah Leads Together, which is a euphemism, his Utah Leads Together program was socialism. And he didn't like that. And he said, I am a conservative Republican. Well, in my mind, I've been spinning about what I would have said had the guy not hung up. He answered it and he literally hung up. Um, He didn't want to face his constituents. That's why he didn't show up to the thing that he was supposed to be at. He used the uh, scamdemic as the reason to not show up. But he, he stumped for the candidate who was running this this little event that John and I ran down to on Saturday a few days ago. Um, he called in and they put the phone up to the microphone and he stumped for his candidate and said, hey, he's a great guy. You should vote for him. And I, before he was about to hang up, I said, excuse me, excuse me, can I ask, can I ask Lieutenant Governor Cox a question uh, before he hung up? And um, so I got to have my say and the whole, there's probably 40 people there. They all broke out in applause and then John and I kind of snuck off after that. Um, but I kept thinking about like what I would say afterwards if I had been able to. And I, what I wanted to say that I didn't is I would have said, your legacy will be that your children and grandchildren will spit on your grave because you are the governor who ushered in socialism in Utah, illegally and unconstitutionally. So I never got to say that, but I said some pretty strong things. And I did say that his... his uh, you know, color code program with green, yellow, orange, red, that that he gets to decide every day, every week, if we're allowed to open our businesses or not in any given county. It is socialism. That is what socialism is. Socialism is when the government dictates the terms of commerce. Okay, so write that one down because I need your help in your state where you are, wherever you are, because I've had to focus on my state. I figured out pretty early on in my activism that I couldn't do this on a national level. I had to focus on my state. I had to focus on my community. However, everything I've done, you can copy it. Okay, I don't care. This isn't about credit. This isn't about my ego. This is about let's save our states. You can steal anything that we've done. Everything that I'm telling you here is relevant to you. And, you know, I'm I'm working 16, 18 hours a day, seven days a week and have been for seven months. So I can't say that I can hold everybody's hand. People are like, can I have a phone call so I can learn what, you know, I, I literally don't have time. However, you can reach out to my assistant if you want to do a declaration like the one that I wrote, 
with some collaboration with some constitutional scholars here in Utah, you can take that declaration and you can, I'll publish it for you and I'll make it a one click letter writing campaign so that you can get it out there and you can get, you know, like I have 5,500 signatures so far on Utah's declaration where we tell our government, you are rogue, you are acting unconstitutionally and illegally. And we are, as, as the, we, the people standing up to it and taking our state back and taking our lives back and taking our children's lives back and taking our schools back, taking our businesses back. You don't have the right to do what you're doing. And we, the people have the constitutional right to stand up to you and take this back from you. You can, you can publish a thing like that in your state. And I, my assistant is Caroline at greensmoothiegirl.com. Ask her for the Google doc of the declaration and then you know, make it specific to your state. I hope you've been paying attention to all the illegal things your governor's probably been doing. There aren't very many governors who aren't doing illegal and constitutional things. You know, DeSantis in Florida is wide awake. He's in the media every day. He's sounding the alarm. He's taking control of his state. He's creating law and order in his state, but he's one of very few. Uh, Christy Nome has been under attack in South Dakota. The media lied about the Sturgis motorcycle rally and said that that so many people got sick and and that that they've they're costing they're going to cost ten billion dollars maybe it was twelve billion dollars in medical expenses for all this all the way that the Sturgis motorcycle rally in South Dakota that I think hundred thousand people or something like that were at. You know, the media is lying and saying there's going to be $10 billion in healthcare costs from the way those people spread the virus. Well, you read to the bottom and you find out one person has died, okay? Out of whatever 100,000 people who who went to the motorcycle rally, one person has died. Who knows if that person really died of COVID, right? And I and I have to wonder in in this climate that we're in where there is no treatment for COVID and there, people aren't even allowed in the hospital. You can't even go get tested for COVID in a hospital. They're acting like it's some kind of you're some kind of radioactive waste product not allowed within two blocks of a hospital. What exactly are they going to spend ten or twelve billion dollars on? Since there is no treatment for COVID, we're just waiting for the vaccine, right? So here's the main thing I want to tell you: if you're going to get started and you're like, I want to be involved, I I have nothing to lose here and everything to gain. Yes, this may seem hopeless at times. That's what people keep coming to me and saying, this is so terrible the more I learn about the global um, agenda here and the fact that the richest, most powerful, most evil people in the world are the ones that are doing this to us. Should we even bother? And my answer to that is, what's the alternative? Are we just going to lie down for this? Are we going to not stand up to this in every way we we can, every way that's humanly possible? So I don't entertain those thoughts of this is hopeless, this is pointless. Have I broken down and cried and cried and cried many times in the last seven months? Yes, I have. There's usually not a week where that doesn't happen. However, I get up the next morning after I get some sleep and I get at it again. So my main message for you is get started. Okay, you're not going to put a flyer together or put a march or a protest together or a letter writing campaign to your elected officials or working with your legislators to get them to shut down your governor's illegal state of emergency and all the illegal mandates. You're not going to do that and have it work overnight. You got to be patient, but you got to start somewhere. And right now, you think about it like who are all your friends or just people you enjoy spending time with? Listen, Eight months ago, the friends I hung out with, a lot of them were very, very politically liberal. Um, a lot of, s- several of them, several of the people closest to me, I've parted ways with them. 
I haven't said an angry word to a single one of them. It's not my choice that I go separate ways, except that in some cases they were writing me abusive texts, you know, because they they got brainwashed. We're watching people very close to us get brainwashed and buy into a media narrative that is a lot of lies and is going to be the destruction of our children's future if all of us don't stand up to it. So now the people I hang out with are people who want to fight for freedom in my state. All the people I'm hanging out with now are completely different people than seven months ago. I mean, a lot of my friends are right there with me. They have children. They support everything that I'm doing, but not all of them. So you're going to start with community building and you got to start with the end in mind, right? That's a Stephen Covey concept. Start with the end in mind. And that is that you are building a groundswell, that you are educating people, that it's a one-on-one kind of a thing. I mean, hey, when I get deplatformed on Facebook, which is probably pretty inevitable pretty soon, I and a lot of people like me, then what am I going to do? Well, I've still got lots of phone numbers in my in my uh, phone. Um, I've set up on Telegram. So different organizers that I've met, people who are willing to put their shoulder to the wheel, wheel and be part of the change in Utah, be part of standing up to our rogue government. Um, they're in my phone and I'm thinking about the future and the fact that you know social media won't be the only way I communicate with people um, if I get deplatformed. I mean, Facebook has said not only that they're going to shut down all the people who contradict their leftist narrative, they've also said they're going to shut down anybody giving health advice. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty doomed on Facebook. That's pretty much what I've done on Facebook for for 14 years. So are we going to let that stop us? Are we just going to lie down and take it and be, you know, become communist comrades? No, heck no. So start somewhere. What do you think is most important in your state? Your state may be different than mine, but just realize that because I have been frustrated with how slow going it is. You know, there's 3.2 million Utahns and I've got 6,500 people who have sent one of my one-click letter campaigns. Like for instance, where they just put in their address and their, you know, their zip code and they send a letter I wrote to Spencer Cox and Governor Herbert and others saying, If you're going to shut our economy down again, you need to immediately take an 80% pay cut because you're paid by the tax base and you're destroying the tax base. That's just an example. I've put together lots of one-click letter campaigns. So I will say that one of my frustrations is that it's not going fast enough for my liking. Okay. So get ready to just chip away at it every day and do everything in your power every day and meet new people and work with the people who actually take action. I've had a lot of people who reach out to me and they want me to hold their hand. They want me to do it for them. I have people every single day reaching out and say, I'd like to collaborate on blah, blah, blah. And it turns out it's really just some, it's a, it's a self-interest thing for them. So I've gotten really good at lasering in on when somebody reaches out to me, figuring out, is this person a worker? Is this person going to put their shoulder to the wheel? Or is this person have some kind of a personal agenda? And, um, you know, I've wasted a lot of time working with people who don't actually do much of anything. but you know, we don't necessarily know that right out of the gate. And so I've just worked with a lot of people and I've made lots of new friends. It's one of the upsides of this horrible thing that we're involved in. Um, I have lots of amazing, wonderful new friends I did not know in this state. Um, And they have become very dear to me and they have really uh, put a lot of heart and soul into this. So these are some of the things that I've done. So just be thinking of, of these different things and think what what appeals to me? What do you think needs to happen? We're heading into cold weather, a lot of us in the United States, 
And so the protests and the marches that I have organized uh, may not be what you're doing for the next six months. Uh, but I I don't think you are going to go spend $10,000 on um, a software so that people can send one-click letter campaigns. That was something I did really early on. I had to take a really deep breath because $10,000 is a lot of money. But we did that and we started this website, takeactionforfreedom.com. And on that website, if you haven't been on there, you should definitely go look. I started out with a lot of national campaigns and moved to a lot of Utah campaigns. But so that's one of the things that we've done. When I when I wrote down all these things to, to write some notes down to coach you in how to get involved in taking back your freedom in your state, um, I was amazed. I like looked at all this list of things and I was like, holy cow, this is seven months that feels like seven years. And I look at all the th- things that we've done and I felt like I can't believe how much we've done. And that's partly because I have some staff and I've asked my staff to help me with this. I mean, they get paid anyway, right? But they've had to work really hard because they're still, we're still running Green Smoothie Girl. And I've, if I'm being honest, I've really neglected my business. I've spent more than full time the last seven months doing this. Doesn't mean you have to do that. Doesn't mean you have to spend full time on it. But please, please, anyone listening to this, spend whatever time you have, whatever time you can uh, make for this bring other people into it, be whatever kind of leader you can you can be in all of this. You don't have to be a firebrand. You don't have to be a podcaster. You don't even have to have a really strong personality. You just have to be willing to work, be willing to speak up and be willing to work. So in addition to putting that website up and, you know, I hope you're excited when I tell you that the declaration you can find on there, the Utah declaration, I would be happy to publish one for you. So get it from Caroline, my my amazing executive assistant, get the Google Doc that has the four-page declaration. I wrote it uh, and a lot of other people um, collaborated on it, but get it and then make it relevant for your state. Make it have the specific details relevant to your state and I will publish it for you. I will publish it for you on takeactionforfreedom.com and you can go around and get people to sign it and print it out as a PDF. We'll publish it also as a PDF so that you can print it out, start giving it to people in your state to start coming together as the people in your state who care about freedom. The people who are noticing that the schools are being destroyed. Okay. What's amazing to me is how many people don't, or they think it's completely appropriate that that our governors are destroying our schools and our schools are shut down, even though children don't even get this virus and they don't, there's no evidence that they transmit it. I mean, there's basically zero children who've died of COVID, even with all the lies we've been told about COVID. And even with the inflated numbers of who's died of the virus, they still haven't been able to, you know, say that lots of children are dying or anything like that. The few children who've died are like kids who've been through a year of chemo or children who are very, very ill already, very, very vulnerable. And of course, we all grieve those losses in our country, but it looks like we only have about 10,000 people in this pandemic that what they sold us was that 2 million Americans were going to die. It looks like instead of 2 million, it's 10,000. And other people who are already very ill have been tested with the bogus PCR test. And we've been, we've been told that 200,000 people have died, but it turns out it's not really true. 
So back to the declaration. This declaration is, and I'll just read it to you here, the termination of the state of emergency by the people of Utah. And it starts out, we the people of the state of Utah exercise our inalienable rights affirmed by the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, and the Utah State Constitution to issue a vote of no confidence in the emergency, quote, emergency actions and edicts regarding the alleged pandemic by the governor, lieutenant governor, and other branches of state and local government. Now, I won't keep reading, but now you have a sense of what the declaration is. It is the same thing that people had to do in the 19 or in the 1770s to take back our independence from another tyrant, which is the mothership, England, where we had come from. And guess what? The tyranny we were fighting in the Revolutionary War is nothing compared to the tyranny we're in right now. Absolutely nothing compared to the risks that we are facing right now. And a lot of Americans are just so involved with their Netflix or they're drinking a bottle of wine every night or their porn addiction or they're just whatever they're doing that keeps them numbed out and completely ignorant of what's going on that they don't notice what is happening to us or they're just very hypnotized by the message of the mainstream media, which is there's a killer virus we got to shut everything down. We have to throw everything on the altar so that nobody dies of the killer virus. Well, guess what? This epidemic, if there was one, ended in May or June. Okay, we really don't have any hospitalizations or deaths anymore. So what has the the people driving this agenda, what have they done? They've got all of our governors, if your governor's like mine, ob- obsessing with and trying to keep the people hypnotized and brainwashed by putting in front of them case numbers. So... You know, our governor is out there giving people free tests and he's like, even if you don't have any symptoms, go get tested. We'll pay for it. It's on us. So they got completely healthy people getting tested. I mean, hey, can I get can I get tested for the chicken pox? I'm really scared of the chicken pox right now. Okay, I don't have any pox, but I want to get tested for the chicken pox. In fact, I want everybody to get tested for the chicken pox. In fact, I don't want anybody to be able to go to work or run their business. I don't want any kids going to school if there's any possibility that they have the chicken pox, even though nobody has any pox. Okay, that's how ridiculous this is. We're taking healthy people. And if we can get some positive test results, then our governor is out there saying, we have 900 cases. Kel, if you do the math, the 900 cases is some tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of one one thousandth of people who have been tested positive for this thing. But that's what he's leading with. That's how ridiculous it is. And our PhD head of our health department. Her name is Dr. Angela Dunn. She should be stripped of her medical license. And as far as I'm concerned, these people should all be tried for treason. They should be put in prison for what they're doing to the people of Utah. And your governor's probably pretty similar. But the declaration declares our independence from our rogue executive branch, which is our uh, governors. It's also could be our mayors, okay? The mayor in my town the uh, council in my county, every bit as bad as our governor. Worse, worse in fact. Uh, Park City is under worse tyranny than the state of Utah is. So, all right, I put together a declaration. I did three weeks of marches on the governor leading up to that. We were literally in front of the governor's mansion um, for four hours during the day and four hours at night for three weeks straight. Governor has never answered an email from anyone ever about this. He's canceled his email address. There's no way to email the governor now. 
Uh, he's canceled his phone line to allow that allowed people to leave messages. He canceled it. It's gone now. Same thing for the lieutenant governor, who is basically the heir apparent. He will be our governor in November because he came out of the primary and whoever wins the Republican primary has won the governor's office 100% of the time in our state. So we did three weeks as a march, three weeks of marches on the governor and they are completely, totally unresponsive to their constituents. They have done a- absolutely nothing to redress our grievances or even stand before us. I held a couple cottage meetings for a governor candidate before the primaries uh, who I believe would stand for the constitution and who committed to me to um, not take contact tracing dollars from the federal government or allow contact tracers in our state. He committed to me that there would be no mandatory vaccine laws passed on his watch, that he would veto them. What other, one other thing that he committed to me. So I got behind him and I held two packed cottage meetings in my home. Those are some of the things I did. It's going to be less relevant once the, once the uh, election is on November 3rd. So if you're hearing this and this is passed, definitely be learning who's running for various offices. This is going to be very important in the future. Uh, I was... I'll confess, like if you if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, you did so much, you're so political. Keep in mind, I was very apolitical before this. In the in my 20s, I knew a lot about I know a lot about how our government works. I was a county and state delegate to the Republican Party in my 20s, but gosh, since then I've done nothing besides vote. I didn't even always vote. I didn't even vote for like Clinton and Trump in 2016. I just was so found both of them so unappealing. I didn't even vote. So just know that I've done all this in the last seven months. You can get involved and you can come up to speed. I mean, I'm up to speed, right? I can, I can talk about a lot of stuff going on in my state. I can talk about a lot of stuff going on in your state, probably. So it's never too late to get involved. We need more people involved in the fight and we need to keep educating people. People are waking up quickly. Even the people who were throwing rotten tomatoes at me When I started screaming about this on social media on February 27th, I would say 95% of the people who had anything to say to me were were angry with me and telling me I was an idiot and telling me they're unsubscribing. 95%, I would say. Guess what? The same people, even the people who have backed the whole regime, they're sick of it. They're sick of it. Lots and lots and lots of people are turning around. I find that just being out in public in Utah, it's the vast majority who are sick of the mandates, sick of the shutdowns, upset about what's going on in our schools. So just know that it's very likely that the people are with you, right? Our legislators are so worried that as they vote in this, what we're trying to get a joint resolution of both houses of the Utah legislature. So you've got a House of Representatives and you've got a Senate, just like you do at the national level, just like we send delegates to Washington here in our state, making lo- making state-level decisions, we have a House and we have a Senate. And these legislators are so worried that the people who buy into the scamdemic are going to vote them out of office. And I've had to talk them into it and say, hey, listen, the people are with you. I don't know how it used to be six months ago what you were getting, but there's a few people who are they're sick, they feel like they're vulnerable or their mom's vulnerable, whatever, and they're very loud out there. But It is the vast majority of Utahns who want our lives back. So have some confidence in that. So many people, I have so many doctors who message me and say, thank you for your courage. Thank you for speaking up. I know you're risking your career, blah, blah, blah. I can't, I can't speak up because I would lose my job. Well, 
it's past time for people to step up. Listen, do you know how many people in Nazi Germany didn't like what was happening, but they backed Hitler's regime because it was good for their careers? This, you guys, we have lived through this before, not necessarily you and I personally, but history teaches us some lessons. And there are so many uncanny resemblances to how, you know, 85 years ago, um, fascism completely took Germany down. And you know why? Because they were, they were vulnerable. The people of Germany after the war were desperately poor. Their infrastructure was destroyed. They were jobless. They were hungry. And that is how Hitler got a stronghold is that people saw his strong personality and the the promises he made and they got behind him. And it wasn't popular to say, hey, wait, we can't do this. This is terrible. So we're, we're seeing very similar situation here. All right. We've done marches. We've done protests. We had 2000 people marching down the, the street of Salt Lake. And you know, what's funny is the police had to come over to me twice and say, get out in the street. They basically said, this is this was John's recap of what they said. They basically said to us, hey, we've had to protect these Antifa and BLM douchebags. <laughs> so we like you. You're standing for truth and justice and freedom and, and law and order. Get out in the road. We will protect you. Because we were so law-abiding that 2,000 of us were, were 2,000 of us were marching down the sidewalk. <laughs> And I kept having cops come over to me and they would they would like say something to me and kind of wink, wink, you know, like, well, you're not allowed to to march in the road, but wink, wink. And I was like, am I going to get arrested if we march in the road? And they were like, no, get out in the road, lady. We want a lot of people to see what you guys are doing. Please stand up for us. Because we, you know, in addition to standing up for freedom and law and order and stuff like that, we're standing up for our men in blue, the thin blue line. There's a thin blue line between us and total chaos and anarchy. And I live in a blue run town and Salt Lake City is a blue run town. And we're very vulnerable there because now we've seen that part of the agenda is to destroy law and order. And they've these, these people running this show are creating so much chaos. I feel so terrible for the people in, of Seattle. It's not the majority in Seattle or Portland who want this kind of chaos and destruction of innocent people's properties and destruction of the city, destruction of our culture and our heritage and our history, our historical figures, they're destroying and defacing. All right, so marches and protests all on the table. And one of the things I liked about doing a march and a protest, I've had so many people say to me, well, it's not doing any good. Like It's not like the governor sees you doing it. Well, the media showed up and the media will always lie. They will always lie about your march and your protests. I'm telling you that right now. Just get over it. You can decide whether you contact the media and put out a press release or not. With some of my protests and marches, we've sent out a press release to the media. With some of them, we haven't. Every time we do one, they cut our numbers by two-thirds or more. If we had 2,000 people, they'll say several hundred were marching. If my, in my first protest, I had 220 people there, they'll say dozens of people. They'll do it every time. I'm telling you, it's they've done it so many times that it's not a theory anymore that they're literally told to make our uh, march or our protests look like a pathetic little ragtag group of right-wingers. Um, and the other thing they do is right now the agenda is create division over the masks. Why do I know this? Because the first protest that we went to, it was Eric Mutzos's event, not mine. We went to it and we took some of John's high school buddies. He's still super close friends with like I don't know, 20 of his old high school friends. And a few of them went. And when we saw what they put in the media later, they Photoshopped masks onto our friends' faces. 
they literally photoshopped masks onto their faces. Well, when the agenda changed and the media is clearly taking marching orders from someone else way above their head, they are not real media. They are not real journalists. You've heard President Trump say this a million times, right? He calls them fake media. Guess what? Later, they were using the whole mask issue to have us all try to tear each other up. And so I did multiple protests that were about the the destruction of our businesses, the destruction of our jobs. We lost 15% of our jobs and a lot of them have come back. But our upcoming um, governor, Spencer Cox, who calls himself a conservative Republican, ushered in the Utah Leads Together program, which is that he gets to decide whether we're in yellow in this county or orange in that county or red. Red is shut down. He just put all of Utah County under orange, which is that they are are maxed at 40% capacity. Do you know how many family-owned businesses can operate for months at a time at 40% capacity without ending up bankrupt? About zero, about zero. You can go on my personal Facebook page and see me confronting Spencer Cox about this on about, I want to say September 25th. Go check it out, the little video that John filmed me. We ran down there and I confronted Spencer Cox and got to have my say for maybe 90 seconds. And I told him that he was a, his program is a socialist program. He denied it and does the same thing our governor, Governor Herbert does, which is he tells the people that the economy is doing just great. So it doesn't matter if he does this to us. And he gives some statistics, some curated statistics showing that we've recovered to a certain extent. Like we've got more jobs now than we did when they shut us down in in March, April, May. Well, listen, it's not thanks to them. It's despite them that our amazing, heroic, small and medium-sized business owners, our private business owners, not the huge corporations that have, have been a big part of this horrible agenda, but the engine of the economy The family-owned businesses, the small businesses, they have been heroic in pivoting and adapting and overcoming. And many of them spent their life savings getting through that two and a half months of total shutdown. Well, guess what? That's what our governor and lieutenant governor are saying now is, hey, the economy is doing great. It doesn't matter if we put hundreds of thousands of small businesses in Utah County, put the hurt on them. It doesn't matter. They're fine. Spencer Cox literally told me, a business owner, he's a government bureaucrat paid for by our tax dollars. He literally told me that I was wrong and that our businesses are doing just great. So, you know, I I prayed all the way down the canyon when I heard that there was this fundraiser and Spencer Cox was going to be there. It's not fun for me to go and confront our governor. You know, that's scary. If you think I'm just like made of steel, I'm not. I'm just a person. And I didn't want to go down there and confront him, but somebody has to. Somebody has to. And these guys are hiding out. They're refusing to face their constituencies. So use every means you've got. Another thing I do is I follow Governor Gary Herbert on Facebook. And when he does one of his press conferences and he goes on there and he tries to scare everybody with the fake statistics that he's lying about, he's been caught lying, inflating the numbers, focusing 100% on the cases, which means nothing. It means nothing how many people have tested positive for on the PCR test. That test, we've discussed this before, the test does not tell you if you have an active infection. It does not tell you if you have COVID. It just tells you that there's somewhere that you've got some DNA or RNA from some kind of coronavirus in your past. If you had the flu vaccine, you could get a false positive. 
if you had the flu vaccine ever, you could get a false positive. If you had a cold last year, you could get a false positive. It's it's complete lies and fraud. And so I go on his press conferences and I make lots of comments. And guess what? 90% of the people commenting, maybe 95% are people like me who are calling out the governor. So you guys, there's strength in numbers. So you've got to create the numbers. You've got to come together. You've got to put all these other freedom fighters in your phone, create a telegram group, right? Facebook wants to destroy us, but telegram is encrypted. There's also signal. There, there are um, platforms that are far more safe than Facebook. Um, for my protests, I don't do a Facebook event. Why? Because Facebook giveth and Facebook taketh away and they could delete our event. They've been shutting down our pages. They've destroyed the reach of my Take Action for Freedom Facebook page. We were growing by 500 a day and then just Facebook just stopped putting us in the feed. They've destroyed Utah Freedom is my other page for, for the state. And I've accepted 2,000 pe- people in one day and Facebook just didn't put them in my group. So we're up against all kinds of trickery, you guys. But are you are you made for this? Why did God put you in this time and place? I've had several people say to me, you were born for a time such as this. And I get emotional. I get emotional every time someone says that to me. And so now I say it to people who are struggling, people who are involved in the fight for our freedom. And I say to them when they're struggling, you were born for a time such as this. But specifically, you were literally born in this time. There's a reason God put you in this time. You're here to help fight. Just the fact that you've listened to this podcast episode means you care about this. You're awake. That makes you one of a lot. There's a lot of people out there sleeping. There's a lot of people out there hurting. They're having to focus on making a living. They're having to focus on their children. They don't They don't all have the resources and the time to put in that I do. I don't like it when people say, well, I don't have time. Well, I don't have time either, honestly. I've really neglected my business and I don't think my employees are very happy with me for how I've been spending my time, but they've had to step up and they've had to lead because I'm my time is split between these efforts that I hope, you know, at least slow this thing down. Okay. All right. Flyers. We make little flyers. Anybody can do it. Just get, I don't even know. Cause I, I haven't made the flyers personally. My staff has and other volunteers have, but make a little flyer and just, you got to get it to everybody. If you're going to have an event, if you're going to have a meeting at your house for people locally, maybe you're going to organize a citizen militia. Okay. I think we're there. You guys, it's time to have the men in our community that's one that I've refused to do. I'm like, I'm sorry, but that, that that needs to be the men in our community. I cannot organize everything. The men need to organize as a citizen militia in case we literally have to take up arms to defend ourselves, in case we need to march against our enemy. So that may sound crazy that I'm talking about militia, but I doubt it. If you're already if you're still with me in this episode, you probably are uh, more aware than just about 99% of the rest of the, the country of how much danger we're really in here. So get volunteers. If you decide to spearhead something like the declaration or you're going to do a march or a protest, get volunteers and text and and message everybody you know. Take that time. It's boring. It seems tedious. It's one at a time, but message them with your flyer about your event or whatever you think is going to make a difference that you want to invite people to. Message them and say, can you come? Get a commitment from them. Say, can you come? We really need you. Okay. One at a time, one at a time. I mean, my eyes hurt at the end of every day because I'm sending so many personal messages and I get, I get frustrated when somebody's given people my phone number because I have hundreds of text messages a day. You know what else we do is we get online and we look up all of our legislators and we text them. We text them and say, will you sign the joint resolution? 
to shut down Governor Herber's, Herber's state of emergency. And we say, we're your constituent. Will you stand with us? And some of them write back, usually the Democrats who keep voting with the governor to keep extending the state of emergency, which he's done month after month after month. And the last two times, our legislature has said no to his state of emergency. And guess what he does? He extends it anyway. I mean, he's already, what he's doing is already illegal. It's been illegal the whole time. But he just keeps doing it. And let me give you a little, let me give you a little, uh, insight into who's calling the shots here. There's an organization called National Governors Association. Go on my Facebook page. I think it's about September 26th, give or take a day, okay? Go look on my personal Facebook page, Robin Openshaw, and I shared a page from the National Governors Association. Right now it's chaired by Cuomo, okay? One of the most evil governors in America right now. But it's been chaired in the past by, that's right, my own governor, Gary Herbert. And I don't know if like lots of organizations sponsor them and wine and dine them and give them under the table gifts. I don't know. I don't know anything about this organization. I don't know if it's paid for by the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds or what part of the cabal is paying for this. But I shared a page from the National Governors Association, you guys, that tells governors to keep the state of emergency going in their state at any cost until there's a vaccine. Okay. How clear does it have to be that there's an agenda here to rob us of every right we have down to what chemicals and toxins and life-threatening substances are injected into our bodies and our children's bodies, okay? National Governors Association, it's on my Facebook page. One of my informants, one of my new friends that I've made in the last seven months, his name is Gopi. He's Hindu. And he called me and he said, Robin, got to go look at this page. So I posted it, go check it out. And our governor is doing exactly that. Every time he, he illegally extends his illegal mandates and state of emergency, he says, I'm going to do it until we have a vaccine. He is absolutely taking orders from basically the central committee. Utah has received $500 million in federal COVID-related bailout money. I don't know if a whole bunch of that went into Herbert's and Cox's personal pockets. I don't know. I just know that they've sold out and they are absolutely taking orders from someone way, way over their heads because it makes no sense that they're destroying their own grandchildren's schools. Cox's children's schools, Herbert's grandchildren's schools. It makes no sense. They have thousands of people screaming at them saying, stop destroying our state. We don't have any more deaths. We don't have any more hospitalizations. We only have a few hundred deaths in the last seven, seven months. All right, so that's some of what we've learned is going on. Why am I leaving Utah? Because I don't want to be under 10 feet of snow when the power goes out. Really hope the power doesn't go out. The, the economy is a very slow moving, slow moving machine. Think of it as like a herd of elephants, right? Like we've put a thing in motion. There's now a herd of elephants headed our way. There's no stopping the the chaos that's coming our way, including fuel shortages, food shortages, all that. You guys have heard this before. But I don't want to be under 10 feet of snow in sub-zero weather for months at a time when the power goes out. So we're headed to Florida for the cold, the issue of the cold, but also some other... I'm going to share with you what DeSantis has done that I think is unbelievably awesome. So I would... I'm I'm recording this at the end of September. Facebook has promised to shut people like me down, to shut us up, to shut us down. They've promised that they're shutting us down on October 1st. I don't know if it's all going to be on October 1st or it's just going to be a lot of 
chaos and and anybody with an alternative opinion like me are going to be shut down over time as the algorithm catches us and they'll probably do some analysis. You know, we run $15,000 worth of ads on Green Smoothie Girl. And so when Facebook deplatforms us, they're going to lose a lot of ad revenue. But again, I do not think that Mark Zuckerberg is his own man. I don't think he's calling his own shots any more than Gary Herbert and Spencer Cox are. Um, and so we've got to take things into our own hands and find other ways to organize. But they look to me like Spence, Spencer Cox and Gary Herbert look to me like they are trying to get the schools shut down. I bet by October, our schools are completely shut down. Um, I see how they're using the media to drive that. There's one teacher who was in the hospital last week and they've made a huge deal about it. And they've used the media to act as if all the teachers want to stay home because they're terrified of getting the virus. Every teacher I know wants to teach the kids. Every teacher I know thinks this is ridiculous. Every teacher I know is aware that kids don't get the virus, they don't die of the virus, and they don't spread the virus to their parents or teachers. So if if uh, Utah doesn't spend that $500 million in federal funding that we received, it's gone on January 1st. So they want to spend it. They want to spend it on contact tracing. Well, guess what? With the shekels come the shackles. And we start spending money and hiring contact tracers. Guess what? Come January 1st, we are now in slavery to the federal government who's just printing funny money. Okay, this isn't money that comes from anywhere. This isn't your taxpayer dollars. This is literally made up money that they're injecting into the economy so that we end up in escalating inflation and eventually the dollar collapses. So that's what we're standing up to, everyone. That is what we're standing up to. It's that big of a deal. I'm I'm lately, I feel like I'm often explaining how they're driving the dollar to collapse and how the three branches of government works to people. And I have just decided that's an important part of my job. It's an important part of my job, educating people, waking people up, helping people organize and start making the effort is when they realize just what a terrible situation we are in and just what the agenda is. It's hard to believe. I get it. If you're late to the party, if you're just starting to wake up right now, if somebody told you to listen to this podcast and it's making your brain explode, I get it. It's new to you. Okay. Put it to the test. Do some research. I mean, I've only read, oh, hundreds and hundreds of analysts and experts and doctors and researchers and historians who've been watching what the cabal has been doing. This small group of of billionaires who really run the monetary system. They run pharma. And that's why you have things like an organization that dictates terms to all of our governors telling them to just keep putting the hurt on their state until there's a vaccine so they can force the vaccine so that fear porn is as high as possible. All right. So on a brighter note, I want to tell you about the amazing Ron DeSantis in Florida. And this is the other half besides a warm winter, the other half of why we're canceling our ski passes and leaving our home that we love and driving 2,500 miles to Florida. This guy is wide awake. He shut his state down for a couple of weeks. He was always resistant to it. I think he was just under heavy political pressure. But recently, he has banned all restrictions in the state. He is out there saying, hey, we can't put the hurt on these restaurants and bars and small businesses anymore. They already operate on razor thin margins. I saw him say this in the media and the media is letting him do it. The media is surprisingly friendly to him. I don't see a ton of criticism of DeSantis. Maybe it's because the media, despite themselves, is in awe 
and respects what DeSantis is doing like I do. I don't know why he's getting away with being out there almost daily sharing a very different narrative than what's been rammed down your throat the last seven months. So he banned all restrictions. Well, listen, cities and counties, they can still do mask mandates. And he knows that. But guess what he's done? He has told all the cities and counties, you are not allowed to impose any fines. Okay, so let's say you live in a really liberal part of Florida. Let's say you live in Miami. Okay, it's run by a bunch of idiots. They can have a mask mandate, but they cannot fine you for not wearing a mask. So that's one of the heroic things that DeSantis is doing. He also did, um, about a week ago, he did a um, press conference and he had dozens of sheriffs and police chiefs And together they stood strong and they listed out the ways that they will maintain law and order in Florida. They listed out all of the penalties for people who destroy our culture, our statues, our history, um, what they will do to these Antifa thugs who are coming in, paid by George Soros, Open Society. Uh, George Soros is an enemy of the American people and has vowed, if it's the last thing he does, and he's really old, The last thing he does is he wants to destroy America. I mean, he's on record saying this. And he's pumping his money into these terrorist organizations. And DeSantis knows it. And he's standing up to it. You know what else he's done? And I don't see any other governor doing this. Maybe they are. But he's he's talking about contact tracing and saying, we don't need it. Get out of our state. We don't want your federal dollars to hamstring us and and make all of our churches and schools and medical facilities who take these contact tracer dollars to be beholden to the federal government, who, of course, is later going to say, all you churches and medical facilities and schools, you shouldn't allow anybody in your building unless they're vaccinated to our liking. Okay, that's the thing is I don't think these governors are smart enough to think about that, but that's what I think is going to happen. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but it looks it looks like that could be the agenda. And DeSantis is thinking like a chess player Six moves down down the board, and he's saying no to contact tracing. It's amazing. You know what else he did last week? I mean, this guy is working the overtime. He did an interview of medical professors from Stanford and Harvard saying, in essence, this scamdemic is over. It's always been a scam, and we're going to kill a lot of people with these shutdowns. We're going to kill a lot of people with these illegal mandates. So anyway, DeSantis is amazing. We're going there. I'm going to still fight for you, Utah, but I'm going to fight for Florida too. So be aware that the Constitution gives the judicial branch and the legislative branch a check and balance on the executive branch. Why? Because the founders of our country knew that any one branch of government could be bought off. It could become corrupt. It could go rogue. And that's what's happened. Our executive branch is out of control. Not President Trump isn't. But the executive branch of our states and our cities and counties have been hypnotized and brainwashed and lied to, and now they're repeating the lies and they're harming us. So we can use the judicial branch, and I am part of a lawsuit against Governor Herbert and the health department. And this lawsuit is, we're fundraising for it right now. I've put a couple thousand dollars of my own money into it. Last time I saw, we have $15,000 raised for it. We have an attorney named Morgan Philpott who is very, very experienced in these kinds of matters and gets it. All the light bulbs are on with Morgan Philpott. And we are asking the judicial branch to hold the executive branch accountable for their illegal unconstitutional actions. Guess what? Your brilliant constitution also gave the legislative branch 
that third branch of government, a check and balance on the executive branch. And right now we are talking to all of our legislators, every senator, every House of Representatives, every representative of the House, and asking them to come together. And we just need, I think we need a majority in a special session to vote to terminate Governor Herbert's illegal emergency. So we're working both of those angles and it's worth doing. Okay. I have some constitutionalists here, some very, very uh, conservative people in the state, maybe even more conservative than I am saying, don't even bother. They're all corrupt. Well, I'm sorry, but we have to test that. I don't believe that every single one of our legislators is corrupt. I do. I've gotten pushback from them. Even those who are with us are like, well, we kind of just want to, you know, legislators just want to lie low until the election's over because they're afraid their constituents aren't with them on this. And so they don't want to do the joint resolution. Well, we can't wait till November. We can't wait till after they're reelected. We want to know who to even vote for. Do they stand with us? Are they going to vote for the joint resolution to shut our, our rogue governor down? We're not. And so we're, we're forcing that right now. Right now we have leverage because the election is coming up and every single one of our House of Representatives legislators is up for re-election. But we're also getting the most resistance because of that, because they don't want to go out on a limb. They don't want to potentially have their constituents run them out of office because the constituents are all brainwashed about a, a virus. So what are the things you're up against? In my experience, you're up against soccer practice. I mean, I make a joke about it, but you know, like I tell people about, you know, um, a protester running and they're like, oh, I have soccer practice or, oh, I don't get home from work on time. I mean, that's the kind of inertia that I've been up against for seven months where people won't ask to get off work half an hour early or they won't miss a soccer practice to go be part of the political process and stand up to um, the tyranny. Uh, that's one of the things you'll be up against and just get over it in advance, okay? And just keep being in their face till they start showing up at these things. And one thing they learn is whether the governor like ends the emergency because we had 3,000 people show up at a protest or not, even if we aren't successful at getting change enacted, you know what people learn when they come to an event that you do? They learn that they aren't alone. They learn the level of anger by other Utahns who care about their children, who care about their jobs, who care about their businesses they've spent 10 or 20 or 30 years cultivating. These businesses that are right on the edge of bankruptcy now, thanks to our governor's actions. So it's really great to do these events where people, you know, we, we are tribal creatures, right? And we want to feel like we're part of a community. They form a community of other people who care about standing up to this. And so those those events, they're a lot of work, but I found them to be worth it. And so if somebody says, oh, there's no point in putting on these events because it's not changing anything. Listen, the people who say that to you are not very strategic thinkers. Just do it anyway. It's part of how you create community. Then these people, you join together and whatever's coming next, you got to have numbers. You got to have numbers to be able to stand up to this. Listen, all of us have got to start attending city council meetings. All of us have got to be involved at the local level. Do you know, do you understand that at the city or the county level, there could be vaccine mandates? They could here in Summit County where they are, they have been absolute idiots on every single issue. They're terrified of the tourists. And so they've basically banned them. We basically have had no tourism for the last seven months. And this is a tourist town. So they could say, you can't shop in any store in Summit County if you don't have the chip and you're not vaccinated to our liking. And listen, this isn't just about a COVID vaccine. They want to get the chip in you so they can track you. And then they're going to make you get the flu vaccine, right? Since this whole thing started, uh, 
the entire state of Massachusetts has mandated that everyone under the age of 30 has to get a flu vaccine. Okay, things are getting crazy. We have to stand up to it. We have no choice. We must be involved at the city council and the county council level. Listen, I've written Richard Bulloff, PhD, who's head of the health department here in Summit County. I have written him countless times. He has a PhD in something health-related, and he knows nothing about health. He is an embarrassment to the whole idea of being healthy. He wants everything shut down, doesn't care about the economy, has voted pro-shutdown, pro-mandate every single time, and the man has never even answered any of my emails. Literally from the first half of March is when I started writing him. You know why? Because he's an unelected official. He's appointed. He's a, he's a government fat cat with a six-figure salary, and he thinks it doesn't matter how many businesses shut down. He still gets paid. He works for the government. I guess he doesn't understand the link. I guess they didn't teach him that in epidemiology school, that if all the businesses get shut down, then they're not collecting taxes, and therefore the government workers eventually trickles down to them too. For whatever reason, he doesn't even feel to reply to my many, many emails that he's gotten. So you got to start somewhere, everyone. You have to find allies. If you start to feel hopeless and you ask yourself, why bother? Take the rest of the day off, but tomorrow morning, get up and get at it again. Find your tribe. Find your tribe of other freedom fighters, other patriots, other people who care about what's going to happen for our children and our grandchildren. My kids are not awake. My kids get mad at me when I talk to them about this stuff. They call me a fear monger. Okay. And I don't, I don't enjoy that. And I don't want to be a fear monger. And I would love to just stick my head in the sand and go to sleep or run off to some safe place, except there aren't any. So even though my children are not super supportive of what I'm doing, occasionally they'll reach out. One of my kids reached out and said, okay, mom, it's scary, but I'm ready to listen. Can we get on the phone? Can we talk? Remember, I've said this a million times on this show, parenting is a long play. So is activism. So is standing up to the cabal. And with my children, they have, I have literally burst into tears at things they've said to me many times in the last seven months. Recently, my son said that the founders of our nation were racist, I'm going to quote, racist assholes who do not deserve our respect. Keep in mind, I founded their charter schools, you guys. I founded their two charter schools they went to. They went to some of the most conservative schools in Utah, where I helped choose the curriculum. Then they went to university here in Utah, which I thought Utah was conservative until I've watched this whole thing play out the last seven months. And there's a study that there's a 70% chance that no matter how you raised your child, they'll be influenced by the larger culture. And they are, they're, they're cool. They're cool with their peer group. They're cool with their professors. They're cool with the millennial set if they march for BLM. They don't know. They don't know that BLM is a terrorist organization who makes money on the backs of black people and does absolutely nothing for black people. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. You know who taught me what Black Lives Matter is and that it's a totally fraudulent organization that's never done anything good for black people is my black husband is who taught me that. I didn't used to know either. So help wake people up. Ring the bell. Okay. We need more Paul Revere's. It's not really all that fun to ride through town in the middle of the night when people are sleeping and mad at you and ring the bell. But that's what we have to do. So thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you for your support. I'm really excited to work with some of you who want to actually work. Reach out to Caroline at greensmoothiegirl.com, Caroline, I-N-E on the end of her name. 
at greensmoothiegirl.com and get that declaration and make one for your state. And then once you've made it, come back to us with it. Write her back and say, will you publish this as a one-click letter campaign? See, then we do it. And all those people who send the letter, if you tell us what you want to say to them later, we can occasionally communicate with those people to tell them you're having a protest or tell them what you're doing next. If you're an action taker, I want to help you. Okay, I want to help you. I can't, every every day people say to me, can you come do a, a protest in Ogden? And I'm like, no, tell the people in Ogden to drive 45 minutes to our protest in Salt Lake. I, I This took two weeks full-time of my life. No, I can't go do one in Ogden. And they're like, well, I, I asked 40 people to come and not one of them will come. Well, that's our problem. That is our problem right there. Um, and I have people say, can you come? We need you in our state. We need to duplicate you and have you come to our state. Listen, I'm just a person. They can do anything I'm doing. You personally are capable of doing anything I'm doing. Yes, I have some staff and they help me. I have a graphic designer who makes flyers. You know, I've got a seven month head start on you. I already was an influencer. So I sort of went to my audience, except they just were mad at me and unsubscribed. So that wasn't really all that helpful. But all, really, you know, even if you go a little slower than I've gone, you can do every single thing I've done. And I think our governor and lieutenant governor, our legislators, they know who we are. I have legislators friending me on Facebook, calling me. I had one I don't even know call me this morning. I did a webinar last, oh, that's another thing. I did a webinar last Tuesday and laid out our play, how we're trying to get the legislature to vote down the, the governor's state of emergency. And afterwards, and I don't even know how I got my number, but a legislator I don't know texted me and said, I'll do anything to help you. I'm with you. Okay, those are those little shots in the arm where you know you're making a difference. Okay, if you have a bad day and you end up in tears, as I have many times, and I'm not even much of a crier, just pick yourself up off the ground. Go find your people, ask them for support and help. Um, I've leaned on the people I love many, many times through the last seven months. And I know it's just, there's I've got a lot of months or, or years or whatever of this ahead of me. But what's the alternative? What's the alternative? Are we people who lay down and let communism walk in the door? I don't think so. I'll see you next time. 